and welcome to the Developing Strategy Podcast. This week, once again, we're talking about the internal situation. We'll be discussing something a bit different, um, how an organization's objectives line up with its mission statement and its purpose, and kind of generally taking a different cut of a business, um, but still under the banner of the internal situation. So Dad, why why don't I hand over to you and you can talk a bit about this episode. Yeah, and we've left this to the end of discussing the internal situation because it's something that might be really important for some organisations and almost unimportant for others. Um, So uh, to be honest, when I was doing my consulting work and perhaps a lot in your private equity, it's so kind of obvious what the overall objective was or it was implicitly accepted that it was something to do with making money. Uh, that we just got on with doing the strategic analysis and understanding the competitive advantage. And there was just a belief that, you know, yeah, yeah, this will lead to success. And we didn't spend any time saying, what's the mission? What's the objective? But if I give you the example of another organization, you will see that actually part of the internal situation has to be an understanding of what the the current mission is of that organization. Mm. So the example I'm going to use is the Youth Hostel Association, which I am a life member of. Charlie is a life member of. We bought that for him. Big fan. I guess most of you could understand, must have some knowledge of the Youth Hostel Association. It was a charity set up. And actually, in the UK, which wasn't the first youth hosteling association, it originated very much as a kind of political movement with people, um, middle class worthies in industrial cities in the north, in the Mm. Industrial Revolution, thinking we've got to get um, the working classes to to be able to breathe fresh air and get out into the countryside. and But the problem is when they go out there on the train, they have to get straight back at the end of the day. They can't really experience it because there's nowhere to stay that they can afford and that's accessible. And um, this was built and it was kind of quite some ties to the labour movement. And I remember one story, there's a place called Tanner's Hatch, which is a very beautiful um, place. And the story there was that there was some senior person in the Youth Hostel Association walked along and just found this old rundown place and said, wow, this would be a great site for a youth hostel. <laughs> and so he went along and sort of got permission to buy it. And then a bunch of volunteers turned up because you were all volunteers and they renovated it. And then the volunteer youth hostel uh, run, um, sort of caretaker ran it and and um, the working classes could pour out, um, or maybe it was the office classes by that stage because it's just outside of London, to enjoy it. So Here's an organisation that was massively driven, not just by whether it had competitive advantage versus bed and breakfast places and hotels, because it does have competitors. It's in in the business of providing accommodation. But it was also very concerned, you know, what's our mission? Are we, you know, we're not going to do strategies that are against our mission. And the question is, how do you take something fuzzy like mission and make it something that you can debate and analyse and discuss and then critique and possibly change and that's really uh, what I'm going to do today is give you a tool that enables you to do that. Okay and and just to clarify because we've we've talked a lot about the six-step framework and I I see how this is important Mm -hmm. but um, I mean for instance when we're talking about the attractiveness of a market which is a key point on our strategy matrix yeah are you evaluating the attractiveness just kind of ignoring this stuff or right. do you know what i mean like if there was yeah. a, if there's a yeah. conflict there how, how do you reconcile that well i think if if you have a very mission-led organization it's going to be more complicated because you will have to factor 
uh, into your assessment of attractiveness, whether it actually fits your organisation. So you could have some, quote, mm. markets. Like, let's take the Youth Hostel Association, and um, this is what actually happened. So we're looking a bit ahead. What happened is the markets for accommodation for youth in cities started growing. But the original um, statement of, of what the, the mission was of the Youth Hostel Association, which is rather beautiful, I think, um, is that, and hold me while I get this, the historic purpose was to help all, especially young people of limited means, to a greater knowledge, love and care of the countryside. Hmm. Okay. And so when this opportunity came up, which was very attractive, which was provide accommodation for, for youth in cities, it didn't really fit the yeah. historical objectives. And that caused all sorts of conflicts. Okay. So, you know, you can see just wanging up something that said, right, here's, a, here's, a, here's an analysis that says cities are attractive. Sure. It would not have worked. Okay. Yeah. The, po- the point I was just trying to get across really was like, presumably this sort of thinking doesn't just come at this stage once you've done everything else. It filters through. So your True. attractiveness is determined by your mission statement. And stuff. Just, just, to, yes. just to clarify. Yeah. And I've left this to the end because it doesn't affect every organization. But if it does affect you, it's something you need to do almost up front. Otherwise, you spend a lot of time worrying about things that aren't, aren't that useful. Although, right. having said that, there came a stage in the evolution of the Youth Hostel Association where that cold commercial look that said, never mind our objectives, let look at the real market, was mm-hmm. very helpful. And we'll get into that a little. Interesting. I'm going to shut up and let you okay. talk about your frameworks. So okay. Like... So I think I've described about the historic purpose of the Youth Hostel Association. Now let me use that to illustrate the use of this tool. And then we'll talk about, as we've been alluding to, some of these changes that occurred that meant that that created some stress in the organisation and how this tool, this mission diamond, could have helped them think about it. So the tool is basically a diamond because it's got four corners. It could could have been the Ashridge Mission Square. It's called the Ashridge Mission Diamond. It's about mission statements. It's by the Ashridge Strategic Management Centre, which is, I have joined, but this was done before I joined. And my colleague there, Andrew Campbell, uh, did a lot of the research here. Wrote a book called A Sense of Mission um, with Sally Young, who, uh, between them, I think have laid out a good framework. I'm sure there are other ones, but this, this makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and I find it a very practical one to use. And the centre that I joined I like because it's got these kind of practical tools. Um, So it says there's four elements. One actually is the strategy. And the idea is these have to be aligned. And so we've talked quite a lot about strategy. But also important is what they've called purpose, why the company exists. There's no good to have a strategy that doesn't serve the purpose. If you're not, if the purpose is obvious, like maximize value to the shareholders and not very controversial, that's perhaps something that's implicit and not discussed often. Mm. But it certainly does need discussing in organisations where there's something which might lead to counterintuitive decisions. So why does the company exist? Well, going back to that youth hostel example, it said to help young people of limited means to a greater knowledge, love and care of the countryside. Mm. That's its purpose. And if I can just, sorry, if I can just interrupt. So if we go back to episode one, strategy of an organization is the goal it has and the pathway it uses to achieve that goal mm-hmm. so how is the goal different from the purpose of an organization oh good question yeah well let me illustrate first with an example and then generalized um and i'll use the the, the yha so the purpose um as you remember was something around uh, providing young people particularly of limited means with with an experience of the countryside 
Um, now, then they had to come up with a strategy to achieve that purpose. And a goal of the strategy was to build a network of hostels in areas of beautiful countryside. Um, and so, so I guess what I'm saying is that the strategy is a sort of more concrete way of moving towards that purpose. And then the pathway was things like raise funds, um, buy and convert properties, um, recruit volunteers uh, to run the hostels, and then um, market the opportunity to people. Mm. Uh, so you know you can see in more general way that the goal of a strategy, uh, the goal of a strategy is something rather concrete that could be achieved, and actually maybe then you need to reset the goal, um, make it more ambitious or somewhat different. The purpose tends to be something that is less concrete, more permanent, mm. um, and uh, you know, actually something which if you gave to people, they wouldn't quite know what to do until you'd articulated a strategy as a goal and a pathway. So, you know, I do think there could be some grey areas, but but hopefully you see the difference. OK, OK. So, so yeah, it's it's a definitely a hierarchy there. Yeah, OK, it? that makes sense. Purpose will lead to you coming up with strategies and those strategies will have a goal and then a pathway, which hopefully will be linked. Okay, back to serving that, that, that hierarchy makes sense. And sorry, just to unpick this one more yeah. time. We also said in episode one, you, you use the example of Google and yeah. its, its mission statement, which is something about organizing the world's data, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Where does this fit into that hierarchy? Is that a purpose? Is that a strategy? I or think is that's it much more of a purpose. Okay. okay. Um, we haven't picked that one apart so much, I'm sure. But that being closer to a purpose, because it doesn't really tell you much about, well, okay, so what are we going to do over the mm. next five years? It's more of a general statement sure. of purpose great cool so now, we've got purpose we've got strategy purpose and strategy they're clearly very linked now they could have stopped there and it'd be the mission i don't know line <laughs> or something rather than square or diamond but they've added two other things which i think pair together as well values and standards and behavior uh, so let me give you an example um at the youth hostel association uh volunteering was one of the values um that people should be volunteering and doing this because they wanted to and they were giving up their time to achieve a higher goal. And in terms of behaviours, actually, one of the things was, you, you, you don't remember this because it was before your time. It used to be at the Youth Hospital Association that even if you were staying as a, as a guest, if you like, as a paying guest, you still had to do a chore in the morning. So you'd oh, be God. given, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Horrifying, huh? Ooh. So, you know, that value of volunteering transferred into a particular behaviour. <laughs> So just to check, I understand values and behaviours. It's kind of like beliefs and practices. Like it's yeah, one yeah. is beliefs one and is practices. What it says on paper. Yeah. One is what's actually done by the employees and the organisation. Yeah. Yes, and actually, I must emphasise that the book was called A Sense of Mission that Andrew um, and Sally did because they said what really counts here is what actually happens on the ground. Yeah. So their 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 research was about trying to see whether organisations who all have something published about their mission statement, whether that was actually reflected in reality. And they, they came away saying, actually, a sense of mission is a really powerful thing. Yeah. But a mission statement that's on a wall isn't. So the, the key is to capture a mission statement by having something that reflects the reality. Okay. The reality that counts more than the written word. And this is something that I guess a lot of people would talk about as their, their company's culture. Yeah. Right? Is those values yeah. and the behaviours yes. within it. but. It's, it does come under a lot of words, yeah, a lot of yeah. ways of describing it. And so I'm not wedded to this four mm. dimensions on the mission diamond, but they do make sense to me. And 
For example, at BCG, Boston Consulting Group, I would say we didn't actually have much of a shared purpose or even a strategy, oddly enough, for a strategy (laughs) consultant. And we actually first got a really robust strategy or more robust strategy in the 90s. And we've been going for, I don't know, 30 years or something. Uh, And one of the reasons was I think it was very driven by values and behaviours. And so one of the behaviours which I've mentioned to you is always answer your email straight away that Mm. day. because. To, from a partner in particular, but also other people within the firm, because you are in a partnership, you are in a family, and we're going to work together uh, with our clients. And they used to be saying clients come first. It was never quite clear whether it was clients or your colleagues, but they, they were both pretty high. Those behaviors were very powerful. And they said, if you come in this firm, you're not just coming in for selfish purposes, you're going to work together. But you're free actually to have whatever beliefs you have about purpose and strategy. We're not going to det- dictate that. You're kind of somewhat free to to develop your business how you like with whatever belief structures you like, whether you're a right-wing Republican or very left-leaning. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Let's move on then. So I got the sense that you had more to say about the Youth Hostel Association. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> where, where are you going with that? Yeah, because I think, you know, I'm more interested in organisations that are really obviously driven by very different purposes. Yeah, sure. Here it's going to be a useful tool, whereas fine-tuning whether boots the chemist or british airways is shareholder driven mm-hmm. or not it's a little bit fine-tuning um but yeah they had a problem basically which is their strategy wasn't working anymore um one thing was that kids didn't want to go to the countryside anymore so what they had is very low attendance at some of their actually quite beautiful sites in quite beautiful areas um or in sort of mid-sized towns maybe not that attractive as hostels people just weren't staying there anymore and there were a lot of alternatives uh, they could go and stay in Premier Inn and, and places like that. Families would find it might be cheaper and, and easier to check in to somewhere like that to go to a rather grubby youth hostel. Do you remember mum used to say, oh, it's disgusting. The door handles are all so dirty and sticky. <laughs> I mean, it just was a bit shabby. And that's what you get when you get a volunteer-run organisation yeah. that's set up to provide, you know, in theory, cheap accommodation for kids. But kids aren't being let out on their own as much and mm. they're not so interested in the countryside and so on. So there was a big battle, and eventually it did lead to a change. And the primary change actually is captured in the actual text. So I'm going to read that to you, which was changed subtly, but, but fundamentally to say, to help all, especially young people of limited means, to a greater knowledge, love, and care of the countryside, so far all the same, and appreciation of the cultural values of towns and cities. And that very small change in effectively what was a statement of purpose meant that they could start closing down uneconomic mm. uh, uh, hostels that weren't in good locations and start investing in places uh, where they hadn't invested before, particularly London, for example, which was very expensive. But actually, there was a big need, you know, Youth Hostel Association uh, hostels in London. They are more expensive, but they're pretty well sold out. So. There was a shift in the purpose, which took a lot, and that created a shift in the strategy, which was needed. And I think some impact on values and behaviours and move away from volunteers to more professional staff and professional standards and consistent standards of quality and cleanliness across the whole portfolio. You know, moving it to a more commercial way of operating, but still actually with a very social purpose. And it still is a very, you know, uh, it's not at all a business in a traditional business way. It's a charity which has to behave a lot like a business to be successful. Okay. And to use your example of BCG, the fact that everyone 
had those practice of replying to emails really fast. Yeah. I guess you'd argue that that plays a role in complementing the strategy, which is presumably to yeah. be the market leader. Yeah, in, and actually, actually, we did have a change, or we had to sort of stop and pause for breath uh, in the 90s and say, you know, we really haven't got a strategy here, have we? Because we've been quite loose on purpose and strategy. And there was a clear purpose set, which was get all partner bonuses to two and a half times their salary. Okay. Um, and um, something like the goal's 250%. I, I think it was even more snazzily put. And the strategy to do this is to focus on a certain kind of client. Um, it's sort of big enough to afford a lot of billings, but not so big that we're going to be massively in competition with every other consultant under the sun. That was the strategy at that time. Mm. So, so they had to reorganize. Um, but I don't think that had a huge impact on the values and behaviors. It, it more worked harder on the purpose. Actually, it's to make money. Yeah. And the strategy was to deliver that money. And therefore, people who had not that profitable but were, you know, having a happy time working with a few clients, that was no longer seen as okay. Mm. You had to hit these much bigger profit margins, which meant more focus on a certain kind of client service and a certain kind of business. Great. Well, I think, I think we'll round things off there. Um, hopefully, I, I thought it was an interesting episode, just a, a slightly different cut, a slightly different approach of, of what we've taken in previous episodes. Um, anything you want to add, Dad? I just say that is as important to analyze as your competitive advantage or your customer value proposition. If you are in an organization where purpose is really going to drive ultimately what the organization does, and particularly, of course, if the current purpose strategy behaviors and values are at odds with the commercial realities as as i hope the youth hostel association example illustrated great well thanks very much everyone for listening um, and we'll see you next week Bye.